Going to add to the list, I guess, Shoshana Basib Tzvi. She was in the last week, on Shabbos, actually. And um, her son, Ilan, she had a long life. As should have Shalavi bin Simcha, if it was Shalim Akreva. She have long, happy, healthy years. Um, I don't know if I can go an entire hour today's year. I will try, but I don't know how far it's going to get. Today is the Shabbos is Pasha's Dvarim. We begin. And I love when I do this because they all make fun of me. When I say they begin the number, the book of the two, the two, the two, the two, the two, the And I get hysterical emails afterwards how to pronounce the two, or the two, or whatever it's called. And It's an interesting Shabbos called Shabbos Chazayim as per its Haftarah. It's usually the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av. Today, this week, this year is actually Shabbos Tisha B'Av. Baruch Hashem, all the rabbis, because who is like the Jewish nation that's so concerned with halacha, with teda, making sure they're doing the right thing. So all the rabbis are very busy with all the concerned people. It didn't help. I have a light bulb there too. With all the concerned people. Do I have to fast? Dish <laughs> um, They want to make sure that if they don't fast, they have a good reason for it. Or at least the rabbi said so. Yes, and so, of course, the questions are pouring in. Rabbi, and they tell you, they give you a full introduction that they know all the loopholes. Rabbi, it's a nidcha. said, so really, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pushed off because Tisha B'Av is on Shabbos and not fasting Shabbos. <coughs> but fasting Sunday instead. So it's called a nidcha. It's pushed off. So pushed off Tisha B'Av. Rabbi, seriously. Do I really, really, really have to fast? I'm exaggerating. The questions usually have some basis. 
the woman has a baby, four years old, but a baby. Let's not talk about Jews like that. Nursing women, um, little babies at home, certain predicaments, certain medical situations. Um, so anybody listening or watching this tonight is going to say, wait with a bated breath, is he going to give a card blanche? And the answer is no. I'm not giving any psak at all, actually. You have to call your local authority. Explain your situation, your predicament, and hope for your best. But you still have many people they say, no, 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 don't tell me I can't fast. Chas Shalom. It's Tisha I fast Tisha and Yom Kippur. For those people that confess those times a year. Um, no. Seriously speaking, on a serious note, although it's the nine days you shouldn't be making jokes, Shouldn't Chasson crack a smile? It's much more serious, much more sincere. So it was really wrong of me to even Chasson imply, insinuate a kind of joke. Um, you need to call the local authority and find out if indeed there's an exemption for your predicament, for your case. I spoke today to a Hatzalah member, a young man, very fine fellow, and we're talking about the fast. I said to him, isn't it hard? You have to go on calls constantly. You're going and running and schlepping people. He says, I've never, ever broken my fast on Tisha B'Av. Or Yom Kippur for that matter. Says there's no such thing. There's no such thing as extenuating circumstances. Well, let me tell you, I would love to give this fellow a bracha and all other Atzala members and all other people of that are involved in things and end up doing things during fast that exhaust and tire and and make people thirsty at least and some even hungry. Hashem should give you all kayach and long life. And that, in actually, in essence, the fast should be Yehovchu Yamelu the Sasan and the Simcha should be turned over to a day of happiness and joy. Today, we, <laughs> we, I would like to give a moment to our WhatsApp story of the day. A random video. Fellows laughing, hysterical, telling the story. <coughs> he was using ways, and that's Israel, the holy land of Israel, using ways to get home. And unfortunately, he found himself in some real random Arab village. And to say the least, he wasn't feeling good. He wasn't getting a good feeling. He wasn't getting good vibrations. So he was 
looking to mind his own business, we say in America. He was looking to uh, just get through the streets, get out of there and keep going where he had to go to his destination. Baruch Hashem. Hashem has his ways. And more or less, he got stuck in traffic. <laughs> this little village, there was traffic. There was three, four cars. You know, the Arab color ones. He was petrified. Suddenly he sees an old Arab coming towards him. In Yiddish we say, he was ready to say Shema. The Arab comes to his window. The Arab comes to his window, reaches into his pocket, and he says, No, this is it. He's saying, Vidui. He takes out, no more, no less, a picture of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He looks at the guy and he says, What? What are you doing with the picture of the Lubavitcher Rebbe? This is. I'll tell you, he says. I guess it was in Arabic or Hebrew, I'm not sure. He says, there's a Lubavitcher who has a big van. And he comes to our village to get it repaired. He comes to the Masach, he comes to the repair shop. He's been coming here for a long time. So he's friends with everybody, everybody knows him. And everybody sees a Jew that's harmless. If anything friendly. One day, Bob just came into the shop. I, I think the old man owned the shop. I'm not remember. He came into the shop, and the man, the owner, was looking very, very sad. And he asked him, "What's going on? What happened?" So the fellow. Poured out his heart. He says, his daughter is very ill. And he went to his imams and to his mimams and everything else. And nobody helped him. Nobody helped her. And the doctors gave up hope. <laughs> don't ask why. But the chassid said, why don't you write to my Rebbe? The guy says, can I? Why not? The Rebbe is the Rebbe of the world. He... Worries about everybody, all people, all creatures. So he did. They wrote a letter to the Rebbe. And she was healed. So from then on, this village of Arabs became, shall we, let's call them sympathizers, let's not call them chassidim, of the Rebbe. And a lot of them carry a picture of the Rebbe with them. So he tells them, in this village, nobody's touching a hair on your head. You don't have to worry. So it's a story, a miracle of ways. <laughs> a Befeish of ways miracle. It's just a way to start this year. You can't start with Musa the Bidikusa, you can't start with a joke. Because the night days. Please stop smiling. Um But a story like that you can start to share with. This Shabbos is, is called 
besides being the Shabbos of Tisha B'Av, is the same as the Shabbos bef- as it would be the before Tisha B'Av, which is the three weeks, the final Shabbos of the three weeks, which is Shabbos Chazayin. Based on the Haftarah, Chazayin Yishayahu Ben Amaz. I'm going to try, Billy Nether, to eke in, towards the end of this year at least, some halachas of Tisha B'Av. I've been trying for two week, three weeks and it hasn't worked yet. Um, some of the halachas on Tisha B'Av, especially this one, being that it is Shabbos Tisha B'Av, and many people are in a quandary, a quandary, a confusion, and they don't know exactly what to do, considering it only happened two years ago. And the year before that as well. And that I know, because three years ago, on Tisha B'Av Shabbos, our family was blessed with the brachas, two little medlach, Sarah Rivka and Nira Tzivya. So, we give a shout out for them this, Shabbat, this year. Happy birthday, happy third birthday. And we shall have a lot of nachas. And They should have everything that Hashem could possibly bestow upon a person to make sure that they have what they need. They're also very cute. Anyway, so they were born three years ago, so we would have had an upshare in this on Monday, but the two girls, so it's health finished, were deprived. But Cheski's birthday is next week too. He'll find out himself. Um, every Shabbat, every year, Pasha Devarim is laned the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av. And therefore the Avteir is Chazen Yishayahu Ben Amoitz. And on that basis we call it Shabbos Chazen, which is a vision. Hil Parche, very, very famous Chassid, who in his own right was considered a Rebbe by many, said in the name of Levi Yitzchak Bardichev, what is the real deep meaning of the word of Shabbos Chazayin, of the concept of Shabbos Chazayin? On this Shabbos he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows the Jews, each and every Jew, a vision from the distance, Binyan Besamida Shashlishi Shibana Behid of Yemenu. And Rabbi Levitzok brings the famous marshal, which we have said many times, but because it's Shabbos Chazayin every year, it's extremely relevant and important that we repeat certain things, that we remember it well. And as you might know, from the mere fact that many of us don't remember halachas well, um, we tend to forget. So let us repeat.
famous mushal. A father sewed a beautiful suit for his son. Very expensive, beautiful suit. And the child, being a little boy, put on the suit, ran out to play, and managed to tear the suit. Came home crying, Sorry, Ta. I'm sorry, Daddy. Sorry, Abba. Whoever I got to apologize for, I'm sorry about this one, because this is, I know you're going to kill me. But I tore the suit. Father hugged the child. Said, don't worry, my son. And he brought him in a second suit. He had it sewn. A second suit, an exact replica of the first. Just as beautiful, just as nice, just as well fit. Unfortunately, although the child did say he was sorry, he managed to be sorry again. And he tore the second suit. Father saw, my dear son is Avil Dachaya. Um, my son is a little awkward in trips. That's translation. However, he had a third suit sewn. Believe it or not, my dear listeners, the father went a little masochistic on my part, but he went and had a third suit. But the father was not such a masochist, not such a fool. He didn't give it to his son. He says, you're not tearing this one, my child. It's going in the closet under a plastic. And on special occasions, father would take the son to the closet, open the closet, his whole ceremony, take out the plastic, and unzipper it, and show the son the suit. Daddy, please, Tata, please. You're not ready for it. And this obviously gave the child a push, an incentive to want to change his ways, to want to improve himself, to want to earn his suit. A beautiful lesson in education. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our Father in Heaven, gave His children a beautiful, glorious Beis HaMikdash. And the first Beis HaMikdash, the Jews unfortunately didn't behave. And the first one was destroyed. And the second went through the same and suffered the same fate. 
But there is a third Beis Hamikdash Shabbosai. There is a third holy temple built and ready to set down in Harabais. Once a year, one time a year, Hakadosh Baruch Hu shows that Beis Hamikdash to the Jews on Shabbos Chazayim. And those of us who are Zeicha see it. Okay, where do I sign up? I'm 27, 39, 46, whatever age you're listening to this year at 17 or 60. And I've yet to see it. I've spent many Shabbos Chazayim's but I never saw the Bissam English. Who? Who really does see it in that case? If you're telling me this story. If you're going to tell me only tzaddikim, only righteous people, and people with very high holy souls, you're not doing the right thing. You don't need to inspire those people. They don't need inspiration. They're doing the right thing. So who? If someone needs to fix their ways, like the most of the people, shall I say, like the most of us, then they don't see it. So who's this being shown to? If you keep in score at home, there's a Mishnah Perik Vav, Pirkei Mishnah Vav, Mishnah Beis. It's also in the Sech, this Brachas, Tav Gimel Amar Aleph, number three, site one. It says that there's a baskel that goes out every single day. There's a voice of heaven. different types of voices. Who hears this baskel? What is it needed for, for the common people? Us commoners. I have yet to hear them. And if I did, I wouldn't admit it, because I'm not telling you I hear voices. I'm not ready for the uh, white coat with long sleeves. Teres Achsidus explains the announcement of these baskels. In essence, every Jew hears it. However, it doesn't necessarily register. No, no. Don't start analyzing and picking fights, and trying to say, what do you mean, what does it mean, I don't hear it, when did you hear it, what did you hear? There are studies, we know of, for fact, you can plant 
into a person's mind anything you want. There were very naughty boys in camp. I was never near them. We used to come middle of the night to some kid's bed and they would stand around the bed, five, six boys, and they would chant motorcycle, 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 motorcycle for about two minutes. And then all of a sudden, they'd held two strong flashlights and they would turn on the flashlights and go... And the poor fellow would jump up as if he was being hit by a motorcycle. It was funny, probably. I can't say. I didn't see it. I was never there. You can put into the person's mind that they're on a motorcycle, or they're with a motorcycle, or a motorcycle's coming. psychologically plant this into the person's mind. The baskel, we find ourselves sometimes deciding to change. We're changing. We're not eating chalavakam. We're not listening to non-Jewish music. We're random things. And you think to yourself, what happened? What really hit me on the head? Why did I make that rash decision? I want to keep the decision. There's nothing to talk about. But why did I make it? You made it because of this baskal. This baskal came and entered into your neshama. And it awakens within the person, without the person knowing it, Tshuva, repentance, good deeds, good thoughts. This is also the explanation to our question. Yes, we look. We look very hard for that base of Migdash Ashlishi, Shabbos Chazayim. We really do. The Neshama which is spiritual, which is refined, the neshama sees it. And it has a big influence and impact on the neshama. Although the neshama doesn't knock on your door, doesn't send you a text, doesn't send you emails, to say, I was inspired to say um is beautiful to say you know, anything of the sort but the Neshama does reach out the Neshama does let you know that there is a third base of and no matter how the person is refined or not refined, they see this physically. The Nishama sees it. And this inspires us to thrive and to daven.
and to look to do tshuva so that we merit the actual third base English. The actual Avteda talks about the exile. Talks about the destruction. Shai talks about what's going to happen. Although, as we just said, Levi Yitzchavadish said, it talks about seeing the third base of English. Where do these two concepts come together? The exile, as it may be, begins the Maisa, the moment that Hashem made the pact with Avram Avinu, the Bris bin Absarim. At that point on already, we started, as the Kaddish Baruch says, to Avram Avinu, Yedea Teda, your children will be strangers in lands not belonging to them and they will serve there as slaves and I will torture them and Chazal explains that the Bris bin Absarim hinted all the exiles that would take place with the Jews and the ultimate redemption may it be speedily in our time so the question becomes again why when HaKadosh Baruch is tying the knot with Avram Avinu the first Jew so let him know such terrible terrible things about the four different exiles that his children his descendants are going to go through Medish tells us when the enemies entered Kedish Kedashim they saw the Kruvim on the Aron. And they saw their faces were face to each other. When they faced one another, it was known, as you keep in score at home, the Gemara in Yuma, Nundalit Amit Beis, and also in Baba Basra, Tzadik Tes Amit Aleph, that the times she Yisrael when the Jews were doing what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked them to do when they were behaving the Kruvim faced each other when God forbid they sinned they turned away from each other so therefore we see also here the same thing the destruction was the opposite of the good times why this time when they entered did they find the Kruvim facing one another? So let us understand the topic of Golos and Churban. It's not just anger with the Jews, punishment for the sins. Within the exile and the Churban was a hidden love from God. And this is already a hint to redemption hint of miracles that we don't understand how we could possibly ascertain. But we can only reach that way, we can only reach that level after actually suffering through Golas. 
And therefore, only when Christus bris of HaKadosh Baruch Avraham Avinu, HaKadosh Baruch told him about the exiles. Because he said that this is the way that they're going to improve, this is the way that they're going to bring about all the things they need to bring about. And the example, the marshal, of the Rav teaching the Talmud and giving his full life unconditionally, his love, his education, his every essence of him, giving it to his Talmud. And then he stops. He stops and he Steps away. Steps away. He stops talking to the Talmud. Talmud feels as if he disconnected. Talmud feels a tremendous push, tremendous oppression, depression. Rebbe doesn't want to teach him anymore. All of a sudden, he's giving up on him. What really happened? What was the Rav's thinking? He came up with a brilliant idea. To give the child a new vista, a new look on the subject. If I will detach myself from the child for a while, the child will develop a yearning to want to return to me. And return to me in a way of no return. So the Rav needs to really throw himself into this plan in order to make it to implement it and to bring back the Talmud afterwards and when the student comes back and he reveals his new method the student also understands that this separation was for the good so when you have that attachment when you have that connection you have that love but you're detached and you feel all of a sudden deserted, and that person you're not you don't merit to see or to be with for quite a while, and the person almost seems foreign to you all of a sudden. That pain makes you stronger and gives you that push to recuperate and to strive even greater. This is the idea of Churban and Golas. On the outside, it looks like Tzadis. We look like we're going through terrible things. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Tachlis Chesed. No matter what pain you're going through, no matter what you're suffering, no matter how hard it is, we say thank you Hashem. We know that you're Teva Chesed.
it's not possible that HaKadosh Baruch does something bad. He's hiding the goodness, but it's not, not such thing as bad. But ultimately through this will come the ultimate good of, of Geula. And the same thing, is long, the, darker the, the darker the night gets, and the more the Hester, the hidden, gets from us, the more we feel that we are deserted, that we are left behind, the more we know that we're going to ultimately merit to so much greater, so much happier, so much stronger. And this is the dark before the lightness. And that's why we go through this Golas. And that's why the Golas was mentioned. And I'd actually like to add that into this week's Pasha as well. Meshe Rabbeinu starts off with a lot of teichacha, a lot of reprimand. And the idea of the reprimand itself was of the same source. Meshe was not looking to Chasashol and talk bad about the Jews. He actually, and everything that he mentions, he finds an excuse. He finds something good for the Jews. <coughs> Sorry. But the bottom line, he had faith that the Jews would be able to accomplish, would be able to complete, would be able to fulfill their mission. Sometimes we neglect our mission. Sometimes we neglect our word. We don't honor our word. We know that between us and other people, and other Lachaveri, when a person doesn't honor their word, a person feels terrible. How could you do that to me? When we promise something to Hashem, how much more so? And a story that I've told before, because if it has... If it involves Wolf Kitsis and the Balshemtiv, I must have told it. Wolf Kitsis, the Chassid of Hashem. We all know that, we've heard it many times, I'm sure. But not just a Chassid. Wolf Kitsis was a very devout Chassid of the Balshemtiv. And Wolf Kitsis had a daughter to marry off but not a penny to do it with one day 
Hashem to cause involve kitzis. And he tells him that he sees another man there. Who's the other man? The other man is a shatchan, a matchmaker. And he says the matchmaker has a list of boys. Choose one. Time to marry off your daughter. Wolf Kitsis didn't have a dream. How is he marrying off his daughter? Doesn't have a penny for dowry, for a wedding. For the gifts. Hashem says, look at the list, please. And he takes the list, and he realizes... These are the wealthiest people he's ever heard of. What is the Boshemtiv thinking? But he knows the Boshemtiv is thinking. And therefore, if the Boshemtiv is thinking, he needs to comply. So he takes the list, he looks at it, he says, this is the boy. Boshemtiv tells the Shatchan, okay, go travel to the person, break a plate. Right? Shatchan goes. And he speaks to the parents. And the parents said, okay, but for Naden, for our son, who is such a special boy, we want 2,000 rubles. 2,000 rubles is a fortune. I'm not even trying to compare it to today's money because I have no idea. <laughs> but I know they said it's a lot of money. I wasn't in the Bashar this time. I don't know how much a loaf of bread cost. How many ruble? Or less than a ruble? Half a ruble? I don't know. But 2,000 ruble, when I was told the story as a child, was a lot of money. Okay. And Chasim, alright, fine, 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 fine. Chasim, they signed off. Boom, broke a plate, shook hands. Out of here. Shatkin comes back to Mezhbush, Mazel Tov. Talk to Zakala. This is the guy's the chasm. Alright. Tradition was, of course, that when Chasm Kala became Chasm Kala, the Kala sent gifts to the chasm. Not like today. The chasm has to send jewelry. He had to send gifts. There was a Kala, a Kittel, Shas, this, a list of things. Revolve Kitsis' credit card was maxed. Mind you that he lived over 300 years ago, so I think that must have been a real facetious joke. But Chasm to laugh at it because it's the nine days, please do not smile. The, <coughs> the gifts were not soon to come. But a letter did, about two, three weeks later, from the Numachutten. No, where's the gifts? The wolf went to Hashem, showed him the letter. Hashem smiled. No. All right. A few weeks later, believe it or not, the letter was followed up by another letter. Excuse me, you're ignoring me, but where's the gifts? Today's days you text, you can still see they're ignoring you. You have to send WhatsApp to see if they're looking. But I think in the certain phones you can see if they read the text also. 
I'm not that savvy. Anyway, Kitsa, you're ignoring me. Finally, he goes to Boshantar, and Boshantar again says, No, no. Oh, Kitsa was a devoted chassid. He says, The Rebbe's not worried. I'm not worried. My fuck, my tat. Anyway, the next letter arrives. If we don't hear from you, Abar Vashnallah, this wedding is over. It's off. No. So Revolve says, you know, if the Rebbe is going to tell me Nunu again, I'll send back that Nunu, it's off. So he comes to the Vashem HaKadosh with his letter. And the Vashem HaKadosh says to him, Yeah, you know what? Tell the Mechutin the wedding's in three weeks. He's come a week before to Mezhibush. If I bring with him, want to meet him, and all the gifts will be ready. And the dowry. You know what Rabbi is saying? Halavai, we were both kids. Halavai, we were able to believe in our Rebbe. The way both kids believed. We don't believe in anything or anyone that way. Anyway, we all believe in Hashem that way. Somehow or another. Um, Revolf sent the message. His mechut was ecstatic. Two days later, he gets a letter. Verandavei. Huh? That's just what I wanted to hear. Because I have nothing. But I'm sure that I have a plan. And Rebolf takes the letter that says we're on the way and he starts to go to the Basham HaKadosh and he sees the street, a yid, walking, head between his shoulders and in Mezhibush, Gleisha Shtetl Mezhibush. And he asks him, where's the office of Basham HaKadosh? Where's the office? Where's Basham HaKadosh? He says, come, I'm going there also. So they both come and the Basham says, both of you come in please. Sits them both down. And this man is sitting there, very, very distraught. And then the Balshamta says to him, Can I tell you a story? And I was shocked. He never saw the Balshamta in his life. He wants to tell him stories. I came here with a problem. He's telling me stories. But I said, Okay. Many years ago, there was a Yid who went out and did a major, major business deals. He was really successful. It was amazing. He made tremendous a fortune he made. He made 40,000 ruble. And he was very happy and satisfied with what he earned. And he started heading home. There was no Wells Fargo. There was no armored cars. Went with a wagon, you hid the money in the wagon somewhere. Okay? It's been a long trip, traveling in the forest, and the eagle falls asleep. Falls asleep, and all of a sudden he wakes up because he feels the wagon's not moving. He calls out to the driver, driver. I would imagine actually he spoke Polish. If not Polish, definitely Ukrainian. She didn't speak Russian. 
Anyway, not answering him. So the eagle opens the coach and he climbs down. And as soon as his feet hit the ground, he feels a zet in the back of his head. There's the wagon driver who takes him and ties his hands and feet like a chicken. And standing over him with an axe, yielding an axe and saying, where's the money? Where's your money? Taking the money. He begged him, we'll split it, we'll this, we'll that. Something gunished. Relentless. Not yielding for anything. New told him where the money was. Go he went, found the money in the wagon. Gets back on the wagon and starts to drive off. Then he stops. He says, Whoa, 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 you know what? Mistake. I'm not leaving you alive. As soon as you can, you're gonna run to the police. I'll be a fartik here. So I have to kill you too. No. So, he's about to kill him. There's the axe over his head. And he says, I give you ten seconds to say your prayers. He starts to count backwards. Ten, nine, eight. All of a sudden, the Jews close his eyes already. He's crying. It's, it's over. He says, Save me. I will give a maise. I'll give ten percent. Save me, the I'll give 50%. Save me, the I'll just give it all away. It's dog, but save my life. I want my children. All of a sudden, a crack of a gun. Explosion is heard. And he opens his eyes, and the wagon driver is standing with his hands up in the air. The local pirates was going through the forest, and he heard Mishrait. He heard the screaming. And he jumped off, and he took the gun to the guy's head, and says, Ha ha, I caught you here, Ganav. And he freed the Jew, and the Jew went on. So I ask you, my friends, did you remember what to do with this promise? You didn't remember, right? Because he definitely didn't. The Pashemtiv continues the story. Years went by, and the man was a terrible miser, and didn't share, and didn't give it tzedakah, didn't give anything. Definitely did not keep his promise. One day his son got very, very ill. I didn't know what to do. And he didn't, it didn't occur to him that it was the promise that he made that was not being kept. The man jumped up and screamed, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. This is my story. I came here because my son is ill, one of the son dying. The doctors gave up hope. But now I remember I made this promise and I didn't keep it. Hmm. Sometimes says, you know what, don't give 50. Don't give the whole thing either. First promise was Maisa. Davai. The 4,000 ruble. Give it to the guy sitting next to you. Immediately took out 4,000 ruble. Gave it to the Volkitsis. And the Volkitsis went to meet his Mechotin with the gifts and made his chasana. Tishbev comes out on Shabbos questionable if we can learn Tera or not. Some say only if Mechatzei Sayyim. Most people hold that way. 
same din is Erev Tishbev that comes out on Shabbos. Some say that now I learn it all. Do according to what your customs of the notion of the local shul. Erev Shabbos, Erev Tishbev. You can definitely learn. You can sit and learn Yeshiva or Kailu, no problem. Season, but Shabbos, Kali is Petishabov, you shouldn't. Season. If there's a Shir Kavua every day on Shabbos as well, then perhaps you could on the Shabbos as well. Season. Um, things that are not happy, you can definitely learn on that day, even with Pilpum. Somebody's used to learning Sifrachsidus, so most people say that they can learn Sifrachsidus Shasvarim. We do not say Pirkeyavis this Shabbos, those who say throughout the summer. We don't say Tikkuni Shabbos, which we don't say in Chabad, we don't say the Eid Pirakim Mishnayis, Mzach the Shabbos, etc. You can be Marbisedra, though, in the morning, preferably. Shabbos, you're not allowed to have any kind of availus, any kind of sadness. <coughs> and therefore, until Matzah Shabbos Kedish, you cannot act sad. Shabbos comes out on Tishabov, you can wash yourself beforehand. Some say cold. As far as showers, nine days, etc. Talk to your local authorities. I'm not making blank blank statements. In shuls that they have, usually they dance by by, by chadidi. They can dance Shabbos this the Shabbos as well. Not go parading around. You're not allowed to prepare anything on Shabbos for Tisha You're not allowed to prepare, find your kinnis, find your sneakers, um, you, ho, wah, find the chair that you're going to sit on. You're not allowed to find anything like that. By risk of getting shot, hung, and I don't know what other punishments I could be put to. A lot of people have a custom to take different aspirins and things before a fast. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to do Shabbos. So those that listen to that, Hashem should protect them. Hashem needs you first. Customs of each shul, they usually have a might of Mat Shabbos later. And therefore, they'll wait for everybody to change their shoes and come to shul. Before changing shoes, you have to say, Women need to change their shoes as well, right after nightfall. No longer wear leather. Till says come, you can sit on a chair regularly. Some wait till Barcha. Washing after Shkia is not prohibited. You have to wash like you're washing for Tishbav. As we said, we'll take off the shoes before Barcha even. Many people. Most of us have a custom to wear big day Shabbos and Shabbos Chazain. 
there's no reason not to. And a person shouldn't just bring weekday shoes, weekday clothes to shul. If they dive might have in places before nightfall, you cannot change your shoes until nightfall. Because it's Shabbos. Um, if you're going to daven, if you have, you're not going to minion, minion about the Shabbos, you're going to daven earlier. You can do so, but you cannot say Echa. Echa can only be cited, recited after it says Kavim. We take off the kapel, the parechas from the shul after Maidiv, after Baruch not before, or after the Zman. Won't stop Maidiv. Shul gets darkened. We do say Atachin and Tanu, even though we said Baruch Hamadim Gershel, and we will wait regardless. And same thing, women that don't have Ma'ariv should make sure that they say before they do anything about the Shabbos Baruch Hamadim Gershel. Made a mistake, he didn't say it. Shmonesa doesn't have to go back. Um. After Kinnus, we don't say V'inayam, we start Vata Kodesh, we don't say V'yitnacha. And if Shul, we don't say G'udvach. Um, the Nusra Lugat from Avram is also not said. Havdal, of course, is made Sunday night, without candles, without summon, just regular Havdalah. May we merit? Yehavchul, Yom Meilu, Sosin, and Simcha. And Sorry, I made a mistake. I didn't make a mistake. I, 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 Beri Merei should be said Matzah Shabbos. Not Beri Merei Sam. Beri Merei should be said on Matzah Shabbos by men, obviously. It's usually done in Shul. We have merit. See the Beis Hamikdash Hashlishi. Yerushalayim Merakedish. The Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom to all and an easy fast.